Our Old Testament reading this morning is from Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 10. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put its hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. On that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples. The nations shall inquire of him, and his dwelling shall be glorious. The gospel reading this morning is from the book of Matthew, chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then the people of Jerusalem and all of Judea were going out to him and all the region along the Jordan, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to to say to yourselves, We have Abraham, our ancestor, for I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. The word of the Lord. Thanks be. Good grief. Who invited John to the Christmas party? Honestly, in the middle of all of the lights and the trees and the beautiful music and the songs and oh my goodness, and then we get John 
Jesus' crazy cousin John comes into this story. And the church plants him on the second Sunday of Advent every year without fail. Sometimes I ignore him uh, because he really is. Did you, did you hear what he eats? Bugs and honey. It, you know, he, I guess you have to invite the crazy cousin John to the family gathering, but he's crazy. And he, and he walks in. And he doesn't say Merry Christmas, as is the custom. He says, you brood of vipers. <laughs> Jeez. This is what we've got here, my friends. John shows up. Okay, the birth story of Jesus is in two of the four Gospels. John is up in all four of them. So he's kind of important, and so we've got to talk about him. Uh, but I'm sorry, you know, because it kind of messes with the whole Christmas vibe. John is, John's not a, he's not a party goer. <laughs> John is, John is John. I think it's appropriate, though, that we had a baptism today because John is the Baptist. And his role in the Gospels is to prepare the way for Jesus. He is Jesus' cousin. You remember that uh, John's mother is Elizabeth, and G- uh, Mary and Elizabeth uh, were cousins, and so I guess that would make him... Maybe a second cousin? Anyway, you know, they're related. They're related. And, but John is a prophet, and his job really was to prepare the people, to say that the Messiah is coming. Get your hearts ready. Prepare yourselves. Prepare yourselves, which is, of course, the whole theme of Advent. His, his word is repentance. In Hebrew, the word repentance has to do with um, turning around, like making a U-turn. In the Greek, the, the word is metanosis, and it means to fully change one's life, to fully change directions, to turn your whole heart, your whole life over to God. And so John's message when he comes is repent, turn your life over to God. Indeed, that is what we, we did today in baptizing Blake. It's, uh, we are giving this child's life over to God. And at this point, his parents are saying, we will raise him in that truth and in that knowledge. And when he is 13 or 14, we will hope to confirm him. All of you here, if you are baptized Christians have, have made this commitment. I invite you to be thinking today about what part of you do you need to repent of? Where do you need to, in the midst of this season, I know I'm supposed to be handing out candies and talking about Christmas joy and cheer, but we also have this message during Advent that is all about repent, turn your life over to God, change your heart. John says, besides you brood of vipers, that we are to repent and then to bear fruit worthy of repentance. It's not enough to just say, Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and then go about your, your greedy ways or to say I've accepted Jesus as my personal Savior and still treat people like dirt. It's... These, these things don't go together. I, I don't suppose anybody in this room treats people like dirt. And, and I don't want to suggest that. But I would 
guess that most of us have some area in our life where, where some sin, some disconnection from God is still holding tightly to us, where we might need to repent. The truth is, of course, that on Christmas Day, we will celebrate the birth of Christ. And Jesus will come into our, our lives and into our world. I'm struggling today here, people. Um, <laughs> the truth is, Christ is coming. Christ will come into our lives and to our hearts. But it's up to us to really prepare ourselves, to give ourselves to this metanosis, this sense of turning our whole hearts over to God in the midst of the season. And indeed, everything in this season is not about that. You know, I mean, the, the shopping, the the consumption, the crazy overconsumption, lots of articles this week about how much Americans consume and waste and throw away during this season. Something to think about. So much in this season that that sort of pulls us away from the gospel. But you're here this morning because you recognize that this message of Christmas is about something much deeper. It's about a, a change in our hearts, that when we allow Christ to actually be born in us, we not only repent of our sin, but we bear fruit worthy of that. Our lives shine forth with this hope, this joy, this peace, this love that Christ brings. <clears throat> and so as we move ever closer to the, the Christmas Eve and Christmas Day experiences, I want to invite you, this church, church always does this sort of countercultural thing that in the midst of all the frenzy of the, quote, holiday season, we invite us to enter into a deeper place to a place of stillness and reflection, a place of spiritual preparation and indeed repentance, that we might know Christ's birth in our lives, that we might know Christ's peace in our hearts, that we might give ourselves fully to the birth of Christ, to the redemption of Christ, and to bearing witness, bearing signs of that redemption. Let us pray. God, we thank you that you come to us even in prophets and messengers that agitate us with their strange messages. You call us, God, to repent of our sin, to repent of the ways that we have denied your presence in one another, in strangers, and in loved ones. You call us to repent of the ways that we have cast others outside of your love, and even, God, the ways that we have cast ourselves outside of your love. God, where we need to repent, where we need to turn our hearts over to you, we ask that you lead us to that. Lead us to that so that we might receive anew the gift of Christ's love and peace in us. Call us back to you, we pray. Amen.